Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Matt, these Fridays come around fast, don't they? Yeah, they Here do. Yeah, back in the studio. Yeah, uh, and uh, and back. Talk about back in the studio, back into the Old Testament. Yes, I knew you'd be yeah. excited about that, <laughs> and into the minor prophets as well, yeah. which is, you know, uh, that's not because they're minor. No, you know, that's they're, right. They're, they're minor. They're called minor minor prophets uh, because their books are shorter. But actually, uh, the that series of prophets that's sort of towards. Um, you know, towards the end part of our Old Testament, mm. um, that was actually uh, kind of seen as one book. Right. Really, it was called the Book of the Twelve. 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're going to be looking at, uh, at. Well, tell us what we're doing. Well, yeah, too. we're we're Thrive Deeper episode uh, one fifty seven, and we are going to be covering today Jonah, the Book of Jonah, and mm. the Book of Amos. Uh, which is really interesting. Both prophets at around the same time. Yep. Um, and and if you recall, listeners, our, our series around kings, the two um, the two uh, territories are in place. We've got the northern kingdom and the yep. southern kingdom. That's what's in place. And then this is at the time when uh, Jeroboam the yep. second is a king in the north, and Uzziah is a, a king in the south. Um, so interesting times. And you know, as we look at Jonah, uh, I'm sure you're going to speak to this, Matt. Really interesting because this is a bit out of character in terms of the other prophetic books in the Bible. Uh, yeah, we'll say something about that in a moment. Just the context is, is important, Stu, because this is actually a time of, of real prosperity, prosperity uh, for for the Northern Kingdom. Um, and the Southern to some degree too, yep, in reality. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, so you know, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of wealth there. Uh, you know, Jeroboam the second had a good length, uh, good length of, for his rule, and that mm. always indicated stability. Mm. And during that time, of stability there's a lot of wealth flowing in. And, and you know, and we're gonna when we get to uh, talk about Amos, you know, some of the wealth inequality and the issues they really let some things go yeah. there. Um, uh, but this is also the time when really Assyria are on on the ascendance ascendancy, and and they yeah. you know the Assyrian Empire, um, sort of northeast. You know, if, if you went straight east, you go across the desert. So always they always talk about the north because if Assyria came their way, they would come from, from the, the north, north. You know, yeah. but they're actually really east. Yeah. And uh, and of course Nineveh was the capital city. Well, it was one of the capitals. It actually wasn't where the king. Uh, where, where the king was, but it was a very, very important capital yeah. and a very important city. Yeah. And in fact, each of those cities had, in a sense, kind of like a king as well. There would have been a king yeah, of yeah, Nineveh, that's right. which we, yeah. we're going to read about <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and, and probably fair to say too, Jeroboam, as, again, if you recall, was probably one of the worst kings of Israel. Yeah. And their prosperity was really out of the fact that their big neighbours were battling against each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think this was when Egypt and Assyria and yeah. and um, who was the other one? Babylon, I think it yeah. was, were, were all kind of doing I, their thing. Inside, Babylon like this, you know this, right. you know, and, and part of the Assyrian Empire, but they're gonna they're yes, gonna break away. Right. But the, um, you know, it's it, it's important to point out that this is a time of there's a lot of prophetic activity yes. actually during yeah. this time, and God is speaking to His people, and and that that point really forms the background for for this book and the meaning of this book. Now, right. what's interesting still about this, and what I actually really love uh, and find fascinating. Uh, about this book, and this is this is a, this. Uh, we're talking about the book of Jonah. Yep. Um, and this is something actually I find interesting about biblical prophecy, the old you know Old Testament prophets generally, is that the message 
didn't only come through what they said. Mm. Um, it also, and, and not even just through what they did. So it came through what, what prophets said and what prophets did. So think about uh, Elijah, Elijah yep. and Elisha. So it's actually, you know, what they did as well. You know, they did, you know, they, they performed these signs, yes. right? Yep. So it was, but actually it was also, the message also, and this is, counts for Elijah and Elisha and other prophets as well. The message also came through what happened to them. Yes. So, and and even, even their own, Dysfunction, That's you know, right. th- their own rebellion actually becomes part of a prophetic message. Yeah. I mean, this is a yeah. this is a, a really interesting thing. I mean, you know, so even um, people like, for example, Samson is is mm. viewed as a mm. prophet. Mm. Now, it's I mean, he didn't come, he didn't speak any prophetic oracles. No, but his life actually is seen as being prophetic, and it's interesting to read. Yeah. You know, the life of Samson going way back to the yeah, time yeah. of the judges yep. through that. Actually, that, that can be a bit of a, ah, right now I get mm. all of those, you know, even though he himself um, really didn't, you know, wasn't obeying God for, for most of his yeah. uh, his his time. And and Jonah's, you know, it's similar, it's similar and, sort of thing. And in fact, Jonah is almost really, it feels like it's a bit of a hold the mirror up to yourself because, you know, are we any better really? You know, God will yeah, ask yeah. us to do things and we tend to sometimes run in the other direction. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I think in some ways it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mirror back on us, yeah. you know, to say, are we really any better here? You yeah, know? that's right. You know? So, so like Samson is not as bad as Samson, yeah. of course, but like Samson, you know, th- there's not much going for Jonah here. Jo- you know, Jonah, mm. uh, you know, there's, there are a lot of problems with Jonah and yet, the the point of this is that in a sense Jonah kind of stands for Israel. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, Again, does. and I, I keep liking him to, to to Samson because you know Samson it was a bit of a prophetic indication of uh, you know uh, of Israel. Yeah. In this case um there's a couple of things going on here uh, you know the way that the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and then he's you know go you know Go left mm-hmm. or, or go right, and, yeah. and you know, and, and Jonah runs left. You know, it's it just runs in the opposite direction. You know, so uh, so it opens up. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. So he runs in the, in the very opposite direction. Right, mm-hmm. he gets on a ship, and I mean, he goes to all sorts of lengths. Mm-hmm. Gets on a ship, probably uh, operated. By um, pagans, uh, by ta- yeah. So it's in. So Joppa is um, is connect is actually just a part of uh, modern day Tel Aviv. Uh, the port of Joppa is still uh, is still there. Um, right. Jaffa is, yep. the, is the modern name of Joppa, mm. um, and. And even though it's within the territory of Israel, it was uh, it was operated by Phine- you know you've got mm. Phoenician yep. the, the Phoenicians were great sailors you know yeah, yeah. so it's a, probably a Phoenician ship. He's gonna we actually don't know where where Tarshish is. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know some people suggest maybe even Spain or something like that. <laughs> as like, far away yeah. as possible. Yeah. I was like, let's yeah. get as far away from possible. <laughs> yeah. Now the question is why. Yeah, well, just before you go yeah, there, because yeah. I think one of the other important things is Jonah was pretty had a pretty high reputation in Israel as a prophet. <clears throat> yeah, because he'd, yeah, he'd good point. He'd yeah. built up quite a reputation for himself, highly respected. Yeah. He'd you know he'd 
um, encouraged uh, Jeroboam to go to war with all these, yeah. and they'd won, and that had given prosperity. Yeah. So, in a sense, I wonder whether part of this is also he doesn't want his reputation because the Ninevites were the enemies. You know, they yeah, were. That's a good point. And it's yeah. like, oh man, I don't want my reputation tarnished here. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, that's it, a, yeah, that, that's an interesting point, which which essentially is part of the why. Yes. I mean, I I, th- I think the best, you know, because again, we have to read the book. You know, as as and I, and that may well be the case, but I think, in terms of why does he run the opposite direction? Now, you could say, well, he was afraid. Yes, I mean, like to be honest, <laughs> that's probably got to be part of it. Oh, you know, for sure. Uh, that this is, I mean, the, the Assyrians, and and part of the issue here, of course, is the. Assyrians were incredibly cruel yes. nation. I mean, yeah. they they used fear was was one of their was one of their key weapons. Um, Early we, we know from the yeah we mm. we know from the in, you know inscriptions and the and the carvings mm-hmm. uh, from you know that they they inflicted te- absolutely horrible tortures like you did, yeah, like just did. horrible yep. things that they did to people mm. uh, and and so they were. You know, they were the epitome of evil and cruelty and mm. oppression. You know, they just wiped out people groups and you know terrible things that they did. Uh, I'm even look. You've got a study. You've got a, a study Bible open. I'm looking at the, at the the uh, this this carvings from yes. the, the siege of Lachish in, yep. in in Israel when they. Uh, when they laid siege to this city, and you know, people impaled and puzzled, so terrible things mm-hmm. going. So anyway, so th- these, you know, fear was there was was weapon. So it it may certainly it may have been, uh, you know, fear probably would have been part of that that he runs in the opposite direction. But there's something actually the book itself suggests uh, something else late from a conversation yes. that Jonah has with God mm-hmm. at the end of the book, mm-hmm. um, because Jonah knows that. That and and he's been a prophet of God for long enough to mm. know mm. that when God says go and preach a message of you know uh, of judgment to someone, that doesn't mean that God ultimately wants to condemn them. It actually is giving them the chance to repent. To, to repent. Yeah. And he's thinking, no, no, these no, are my I, enemies. Yeah, these I are my want, enemies. I don't want that. Yeah. yeah, like just destroy them. Don't. Yeah. You know, because it's like, well, God, why? Okay, we'll just destroy them. You know, what? What? Why send a prophet? Well, I mean, he knows very well that the reason why God's sending him is because he to actually to them turn them and give Correct. them a chance. Yeah. And Jonah does not want to give them a chance. Yeah. Now that's what later on in the book, you know, Jonah says, "I knew that. I knew you would do." He actually this. quotes yeah. God's own description yeah. of himself. That's right. You know, yeah, uh, I knew you're. You know, yeah. and and he's in, in a complete. You know that you're you're compassionate and gracious mm. and mm. as though and and you know Jonah's got. At that stage, a problem where he just wants God to to judge this people, mm. but here's here's the you know the message okay. of, of this book essentially because uh, the Assyrians actually, I mean, this terribly evil people, they actually respond to the prophetic yes. word, which yeah. is something that the Israelites are not, not doing, doing right. Yeah. And Jonah's complaining because you know why don't you just destroy them? Mm. Well. Uh, well then, what about my own? You, no. It's like you've yeah. gone, you've gone, you know, to my own covenant people, the mm. people of Israel, mm. and they haven't turned around. But when you go to 
the, the city of Nineveh. Mm. And, you know, you, you bring this message and, you know, suddenly they're all in sackcloth and ashes and repenting. And We're jumping ahead here, but oh, like we, a we, message we, of we, five words oh, as well. We just gave the end of the story yeah, uh, away. Anyway, let's come back a little yeah, bit yeah. And, 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 you know. But that's, you know, but this, exactly is the, the this is the point yeah, exactly. of, of this book. It's, mm. it's like a, a, it's an indictment upon, you know, first of all, um, you know, Jonah is, is kind of like Israel in the sense that he turns and rebels. runs the other way yep. from God. He rebels against his calling, mm. essentially. Mm. Um, and the calling of Israel is to be a light to the nations, right? Yeah. To actually, you know, by, by being a light, actually to... to, to sh- um, provide hope. Yep. Yeah. Well, redemption. to provide hope, but also to be an example yes. to, such that, you know, such that will lead people, you know, to that yep. point of conviction and repentance. And mm. um, so, first of all, he's he's kind of refusing to to do that. But then, you know, in in this story, you know, Nineveh and Nineveh's response becomes mm. an indictment upon Israel. Mm. Now, there's a few examples of this in the Old Testament the story of Naaman, for example, Naaman the Syrian, mm-hmm. um, who you know comes uh, comes to uh, Elisha and. And is healed, you know, and and is willing to do whatever. To, but and, and you think, well, uh, this here is this Syrian that gets this blessing, but is Israel are missing out, you know? Yeah. Uh, the you know the the widow the the um uh, the the you know the widow of Zarephath, yes. you know, yep. who's from the region of Sidon, mm. she, you know, sh- she gives a home to the prophet and yep. and is hospitable to the prophet when. Everyone else try to kill him, you know. Yeah, exactly. uh, Elijah, in that case, you know. So, so you've got these, you've got this constant theme, and that goes right into the New Testament of of people who should know better actually being an indictment on God's people. It's why you know two of the great examples of faith in the New Testament are the centurion, the faith of the yes. centurion, yep. um, and uh, and also a, a Phoenician woman, woman. Yeah. Uh, who was both great examples of faith who were non-Israelite, yeah. you know, non-Jewish. Yeah. The people who, sh- who had every yeah. reason to one, know better, but to, to behave better, yeah. did exactly the opposite. Yeah, that's right. And even the story as Jonah, let's get back to the start of the story, jump, Jonah jumps on this book. We've got these pagan sailors. On the who, boat. On yeah. the boat, yeah, yeah. Who who repent and cry out yeah. to Jonah's God while Jonah's kind of sleeping yeah. in a sense. Uh, and then, you know, he says, well, just throw me overboard. I know I'm the problem. So obviously yeah. he had the wisdom to, to – but, but at the same time, he's kind of throwing the guilt of them, throwing him overboard on them. It's like, whoa, hang on. And they're going to – the one God, the true yeah. God, and saying, don't hold this against us. You know, clearly these guys are showing yeah. more faith that's and right. trust in God than Jonah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so, and, and again, they're actually, you know, they're repenting and responding. Yeah. Now, the yeah. interesting thing is here, you know, this idea of the storm and uh, um, is in a sense what's about to happen. I mean, you know, there's a period of prosperity at the moment, mm. but there's going to, they're about to go into a time of in, after yeah. Jeroboam the second, you know, it, it, you have very short reigns from then on, pretty much right through to the destruction of Israel. Mm. So, so we're about, and and partly because of the pressure that Assyria is going to exert uh, on uh, on on that region, they're about to enter a pretty stormy period, right? Yep. And yep. and the point here is that you know Jonah goes the wrong way. God sends a storm, right? Yeah. You know, to and it's not. It's not just to gratuitously punish or or to. It's all about bringing back, you know, bringing you know, bringing Jonah back uh, mm. and bringing him to his senses. And mm. essentially, 
this bit is prophetic in the sense that that's exactly what's going to happen uh, to Israel. Mm. You know, God's going to send a storm mm. uh, on his people because they're going right the opposite direction. Um, and the people that repent, you know, the people that should repent don't. But, mm. of course, Assyria, and, and the whole point of this book is Assyria, uh, who, at, well, at least at this in this instance, they do a better job of responding to God than, uh, you yeah. know, um, than Israel, who, who, who should know, who are sort of in this spiritual slumber. Mm. They, they're going to kind of slumber during the storm when they should be listening. Hang on, why is this, yeah. you know, I, I should be reading the signs of the times, you yeah, know, but absolutely. instead they're in this spiritual slumber. Yeah. So, at, so this is what, I mean, this is what makes this book so interesting because mm. mm. every bit of this it, it, it is so, so you know, richly symbolic, yes. you know, yeah. every bit of this Painting story. Pictures. You know, and, and then, of course, um, you know, he says, "Look, you're going to need to throw me over the side." I mean, hmm. uh, and and there's a there's a sort of resignation to Jonah. I've really got it wrong. I I deserved I deserve actually to die. I mean, I, yeah. I think he probably expects that that's going to be the end of him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, you know, and and he admits it's like, yes, I deserve. You know, mm. uh, look, I deserve. Chuck me over the side, and you'll be fine. Um, they refuse at first, but then then they do. And then God sends, and then they ask for forgiveness from Jonah's yeah, God for doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And then God, God sends the this fish. this this big fish, yeah. uh, uh, presumably a whale. Uh, this is the well known bit, of yes. course, of the story yeah. Yeah. Uh, of Jonah. Um, and and the, the big picture here is that God is is controlling all the forces of nature to. Working all things attention. for the good of those who yeah. love him, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the whale is actually, in a sense, is actually going to save, uh, save Jonah. You know, I mean, an, an ancient reader would that would have been terrified. I mean, that you know, mm. you, yeah. a, a whale is like Leviathan. You know, yeah. it's like this great sea creature, and and that is that is being thrown into the sea. That's death. But then there's you know, but then being swallowed by this great sea creature. Then that is death. You know, that is death within death. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, but and this is the you know this is where you link to the New Testament. And again, this is this prophetic element mm. because he goes down into death for three days, mm. but then there's, but God commands essentially death to, yes. to vomit him up again. So there's this death and resurrection. And this is where, because, you know, Jesus often talks about the scriptures, which according to the scriptures raised again on the third day and, and. You know, you think well, where where in the scriptures does it does it you know talk about that? Well, Jonah, you know, it's actually That's what right. happens to Jonah here yeah. is this resurrection, this mm. prophetic kind of resurrection uh, experience where he's where de- death throws him out again. Yes. You know, he, yeah. he should have died. After Jonah repents, of course, in the belly of the fish, yeah. he, and he prays yeah. this amazing prayer of repentance, yeah. um, and and makes a promise um, to 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 worship God. And yeah, d- yeah. follow his commands. Yeah. Um, now, look, I mean, the other thing, Stu, is that you know a skeptic might read this and say, nah, "That's ridiculous." You know, alive. Actually, there there are there are plenty of accounts of actually yes. people surviving inside whales. Yeah. In fact, uh, just recently, actually, I yeah. think there was a story a couple of years ago, three years ago, where some guy for thirty hours or something. Was, yeah, yeah. It's it's actually it's actually not unknown. In fact, no. at the Eden Whaling Museum in, on the on the uh, east coast, uh, in up in Eden, uh, they've got this story of this guy. I think for at least a couple of days uh, survived yeah, right. inside uh, inside a whale, uh, and you know was was basically coughed up. Mm. So so whether it's possible or not, is, is well, we know really it's possible. Anything is possible for <laughs> God, right. exactly. Right. But the point is, is is this you know that he is being delivered from death. You know, yes. so yet again, you know, already. I mean. 
every chapter of this, you've got this incredible prophetic symbolism. Uh, it's so rich, yeah, yeah. Uh, this book. So then, okay, uh, he's kind of goes, this time he actually goes. You know, they, they talk about even what he would have looked like, you know, because probably he's been bleached white, <laughs> you know, right. from being inside the whale. It you know, smells so pretty pro- bad too, I would imagine. So, well, look, I mean, it doesn't say no. that he went straight there. No. I mean, you know, because he's got a bit of a journey, yes. you know, because yes. presumably it's in the Mediterranean that, oh. that, that he was- He's got to get back yeah, to so the he's right got, direction. Yeah, so he's got to get back and, and move, go across uh, to the east. So he goes to Nineveh. I mean, Nineveh is this great- It's a big you know, city. Yeah, is, is this big big city. Classic, probably classic um, biblical hyperbole that's being uh, hyperbole, it's mm-hmm. however you want to say that word, mm-hmm. uh, that's being used about, you know, taking, uh, you know, about how big the city was. But the point was it's it, it was a very important, massive city. Talks about, you know, that it took three days to go through it. Well, it may well have taken that long for- Hmm. Uh, for him, actually, uh, to, to walk through, yeah, to, to get through and do what he. They don't know. have a PA system, so yeah, that's he's right. having yeah, to that's walk right. through and so actually preach through, this yeah, through right. the so entire that much city. Is, and it would have taken uh, no, three days, you know. probably. Yep. So he goes proclaim and proclaiming this message: forty day, forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Mm. That's it. Course, that's it. That's his not message. for any reason. Not, not <laughs> unless you or anything. It's like you, you're beginning to wonder whether he's just doing the bare minimum here. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Know? He is like, doing the bare minimum. He doesn't <laughs> want to give any. Is right. What do you want? You know, he's going to say no he, instructions. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. Though. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, and compared. I mean, that's all they get compared yeah. with reams of 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 prophetic oracles that Israel had got. Mm, you know, mm, mm. like. Including, you know, great promises. If only you would turn, yeah, then I yeah. would do this. And you know, they get one line, yep. and, and and they do, and yeah. and they are, you know, uh, yeah. and and they're repenting yeah. before God. Even and, the animals, yeah. And it says in uh, three verse, t- yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. I mean, verse ten. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, He relented and did not bring on them the destruction He had threatened. But then you go into chapter four, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. <laughs> and he became angry. You know, he, he wants to see, I mean, and you sort of get it because how does this, like these people are, have been, you know, cruel. have been cruel and, and they, they have been absolute bane of our existence. Mm, um, mm. And how is this God, you know, surely your kingdom coming means that we win this stuff, yes, means yeah. that your enemies get destroyed. And this yeah. is where, again, this is... A bit like the disciples, isn't it, in the yeah. New Testament, where they wanted a victory a certain way, and yeah. Jesus says, no, that's, that's, that's not, not how we happen. win. And that's this, right. again, yet yeah. again, this is where this is powerfully prophetic, yeah. because, yeah. Uh, you know, this is how ultimately God wants to win. This is ultimately how the kingdom comes. Yeah. Uh, through the ingathering, through repentance, through the the good news going out, through people having the, the, this opportunity, um, but he's angry about. It. He think yeah. you know he wants it to happen by everyone being destroyed. It's exactly what I mean. The, the you know the, in the first century, this was the issue that people had. In, yeah. you know, we want to destroy the Romans. It's like, yeah. No, no, I'm not. You know, God's trying to say to them through Jesus and the apostles. When it's not about kicking the Romans out of the kingdom. It's about drawing them in, in. you know. Yeah, yeah. And this was always, you know, part of the plan. You get this taste of this at, at various points right through the Old Testament. You get these prophetic reminders. Mm. This is where this is going. Um, and so so he's got a, 
you know, issue with this and, and he's sitting there in his anger and God r- miraculously causes this, you know, this vine to grow up over him and give him some shade, give him some shade. But then God provides a worm to, to eat the vine and, and Jonah's, yeah. you know, in, you know, becomes angry about that, you know, upset. Mm. And God says, you're upset. You, mm. You're upset about a, a vine. Well, and, and a worm. And, and a worm, it, it, you know, that eats the vine. And yet here is this this city with 120,000 souls who, and you have no mercy mercy for mm. them, mm. Uh, but I do. Mm. And, mm. Um, you know, but this is, his, this is his issue. And the verse that you were referring to uh, before, you know, when Jonah's complaining about this, he says, I knew that you are a great, this is in, um, in verse two. Yeah. Jonah says, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, mm. a God who relents from sending. Cl- like, he's angry about that. Essentially, see, God, I told you so. Yeah. This was but, what you were going to I do. mean, the, the message here is, yeah, exactly. well, actually, Jonah, you and your people, mm. you actually need this more than you think. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, so, you know, powerful stuff. Uh, and of course, as we as we get to the book of Amos, this is you know Amos is dealing with this this same situation. Before we jump out of Jonah, yep. I think a really key point here is that we need to be okay with the fact that God does love our enemies. It's easy to look at this yep. from a historical point of view, but you know we can get angry with people and frustrated with yep. people and and think about certain people as being our enemies. But we've got yep. to realize that from God's point of view. Uh, he's looking that yeah, none yeah. should perish, yeah, and he's yeah. looking to provide a, a path back for everyone. Yeah. I think that's a really important point because I think Jonah almost says here he would rather die than serve a compassionate, yeah, yeah. you know, grace giving yeah. God. Oh, you know, man, you know, yeah. That's a huge call. And, and um, I, I should say too, Stu, there is nothing like this in the ancient world. No, there, yeah. like not even right through the Greek and Roman. There is nothing like this kind of. It, it's so incredibly unique, you know, a prophet going to another and, and this message of repentance and uh, to, to such a cruel people who you, ah, oh man. And, yeah. and yet this, this is a, I, I, it just blows me away in its context. And I've, mm. you know, I've read lots of, you know, like um, oracles of various, you know, the pagan seers and, you, you know, that you can, you know, they have records of this. They've dug up all of this, mm. all of these ancient texts. And, and but there's nothing like this, no. nothing even yeah, yeah. close to it. You know, again, just before we move into Amos, maybe, I don't know. And, and uh, you know, it's just it just got me thinking, he, you know, was Jonah also partly concerned about his reputation up until now he'd been right about everything he's gone and said in 40 days Nineveh will be overthrown and in fact it hasn't uh it's it's turned and repented and now he's feeling now like well now i'm a prophet that prophesied something that actually yeah well he's got to go home yeah exactly he's got to go home just Mm. like paul went exactly went back to jerusalem and said hey everyone the gentiles that right they're they're all you know Mm. Well, no, that's not what they wanted. I mean, no, imagine exactly. Jonah going yeah. home and, oh, hey, yeah, and Nineveh mm. repented and God has had mercy on them. Mm. That's not yeah. going to be a yeah. popular message right. at all, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway. And, of course, um, yeah, of course, uh, you know, Amos, you know, very similar time, uh, you know, time of, again, to be reminded, time of prosperity. The, the main, you know, interesting through these oracles, and, and now we come, we, you know, we're not told a lot about uh, Amos. No. He's from the south, but he's ministering uh, to the north um, uh, during the time again of Jeroboam the mm. um, second. He was a he was a shepherd. 
a fig yeah. tree farmer. So he was really just, you know, a common kind of guy. Not, yeah. Not, what, not a preacher yeah, yeah, or, that's or anyone, right. yeah, you know, yeah. trained in, in that kind of work. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, and, uh, yeah. And, of course, as you say, Jeroboam at this stage had generated quite a lot of wealth and prosperity for Israel. Judah yeah. was also doing okay. Um, but, but again, they're not, they're, they're not, they're not doing with it what, according no. to the Mosaic law, they Correct. should do with it. I mean, it's, you know, it's the, the wealth is being hoarded by, yep. you know, as, as, as was the case everywhere else. And this yeah. is where the laws of Israel, again, were, were a real contrast mm. to the laws of other nations, laws which generally were designed to protect the wealth of the wealthy yep. on the whole in, in, in other nations. In, within Israel, uh, what was to be protected was the, was the fellowship and the, uh, Justice. you know, the, the justice and, and the equality of, you know, yeah, like there was this sense that every, that the land and the, the, you know, property was understood primarily as the land. That was the source of all wealth. Yeah. The land belongs to God. Your tenants, this is, I mean, you see this in Jesus' parables. He talks about tenants, the mm. tenants mm-hmm. uh, of the vineyard. Well, uh, Israel were to always understand themselves as tenants, tenants on God's land. They mm. didn't own it. Uh, it was God's land. And God insisted on it being distributed you know equally among them they had they yeah. would have a you know equal share uh, and uh, and and that's not ruling out the fact that some would work harder and do better and that there was plenty of provision for that but ultimately everyone was to have the, these similar opportunities and so you had these laws yeah. like you know the, the laws of the setting you know, setting slaves for those who would had to sell themselves into slavery for debt they yep. would have to be set free after seven yes, years and yep. Uh, you know, um, the year at the year of Jubilee, Jubilee. after forty nine years, land would would revert back, back to, to its you know to its original owners, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you couldn't, so so they, you know to ensure that there was never hoarding you know, in a sense yeah, of the wealth hoarding, wealthy. That's yeah. right. So that and also just people. just as a reminder for people, this was at a time where there was a fair bit of proliferation of idol worship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is the time, if you sure. remember, listeners, yeah. when we were talking about Bethel, where they set up the to temple with the with the golden calves. Yeah, at Bethel people and Dan, would go yeah. to and yeah. Dan, the two the two temples. So this is all around that time, and yeah, Amos yeah. is speaking into this particular situation. Yeah. So, so I should say too, just so people, uh, so listeners aren't confused, when we talk about Jeroboam, this is Jeroboam the, the second. second. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Jeroboam. Uh, already probably a couple of hundred, well, it's actually a couple of hundred years uh, before had set up the golden calves at Bethel and Dan, the, the northern and southern uh, territory of the northern kingdom. Mm. Um, and, and so, yes, uh, idol worship still uh, in full swing here. So so the way that Amos, and, and this is the connection between the prophecies of Amos and what we've talked about with Jonah. Jonah, because what Amos does is that he begins. It's, this is an interesting little tactic. I, I, I love I love what he does here because what he does is that he starts with prophetic oracles against the nations around them, right? That's nations right. that had hassled them and all been, you know. Uh, he says, "For the three sins of Damascus, even four, I will not relent." Says mm, God, you know, mm. yeah, you can you can imagine the cheers, right? Mm. Yeah, Damascus, uh, for the three sins of Gaza, you know, even four, I will not, mm. uh, I, I will not relent, you know, because she did this and she did that, and then mm. for the three sins of Tyre, you know, even four, I will not relent, and then she he goes Edom and they, you know, terrible relationships with the Edomites, so, you know, uh, and then it's you know for the three sins. On and then and then and then Moab. and then Moab, right? So he goes, so he goes, you know, through through them like six. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the number is he chooses six of them, right? Yep. And they're all you can imagine that, you, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. get the, you know, get our enemies, judge our enemies, yeah. and then uh, chapter two, verse one. Mm. Uh, this is what the Lord says for the. Th- uh, um, sorry, chapter three, ver- two, verse four. Yep. Uh, this is what the Lord says for the three sins of 
Judah, Judah. even four, mm. I will not relent because they have rejected the, it's wait, wait that <laughs> there are, you know, lots of cheers for judging the nations, but, uh, but, and even the fact that the phrasing is repeated, it's exactly the same yeah. for the three sins of Judah, even for, it's like for the three sins of Moab, even for, because, and, and then he goes to Israel for the three sins of Israel, even for, I will mm. not relent. Mm. The purpose of the repetition is that they had become exactly, exactly like, like those nations, else. right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly like everything else. And man, I just thought I kind of summed these up because I think this speaks a bit into uh, into life for us today. So the Damascus Syria one was really about their acts of gaining power through military terror and torture, etc. Yeah. The Philistines, they were people traffickers. They, you yeah. know, they, you know, yeah. commerce with slaves. Gaza. Yep. Um, and and they just overlooked the fact that all humans have innate value and must, you know, shouldn't be sold as commercial cargo. Tyre had broken its promises and treaties with its allies, you yep. know, so they hadn't kept their word that the commitments that they'd made. Yeah. Edom, um, nation, nations and individuals in God's family expected to protect each other, but Edom had actually taken a sword against its own, one of the other tribes in in terms of Israel and even Judah. Um, Amon, greed and hunger for power to not justify Mm. brutality in dealing with enemy captives. So they, these were the really uh, uh, cruel people who, I don't want to go into too much detail, but one of the ways that they prevented armies when they um, attacked and defeated them was if any pregnant women, they basically cut them open to make sure there was, you know, there was no Moab. um, This was again a family feud in reality inside, uh, refused to allow Israel's people to pass through their territory. So, um, and in fact, they were accused of capturing Edom's king and killing him. And then of course, Judah, uh, God's people, you know, were really like foreigners in his sight because they weren't following his leadership at all. They yeah, turned yeah. away from uh, the covenant, yeah. the covenant law that he put, and basically violated, um, you know, God's command, first commandment, which is, "Thou yeah. shalt have no other god but me," because yeah. they turned to idolatry. Yeah. And Israel, um, God's only people, can't escape the justice when they practice injustice, immorality, and false religion. And in and, and that particular one, he talks a lot about them going through the religious traditions and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. But it's meaningless, yeah, because all you're doing is going through the motions, but living in a completely different yeah, way that's over right. here. And, and so, that's and that's a that's a good summary uh, of, of the issue. I mean, it's. It, you know, the, the first important thing there is that they're being lumped in with it. You've, yep. And and the this significance of that is that they were called to be different. It's yep. like be holy as I am holy, that, re, you know, repeated injunction. Mm-hmm. And actually they were com- they'd become completely like those other nations. And so therefore they they are going to be judged along with the other nations. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, the, it wasn't through lack of religiosity. And this yeah. is an interesting yeah, one, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. they still, you know, they're, they're, all the festivals and yeah, all they're, they're still mm. yeah, they're still. Observed. I mean, there's idolatry. It's it's mm. syncretists, mm. syncretistic, uh, which means that they're mixing a bit of everything. Mm. Uh, but there's there's a high level of religiosity. But the thing that keeps getting pointed out here is is the way that they're treating each other. That yeah. that actually that's the key because the you know the love your neighbor as yourself Correct. is is you know. Yeah. Is, is really the ultimate thing here. So well, they were taking well, God's name in vain, really, yeah. because they were representing God as a holy God, but they were behaving in a way that actually gave God yeah. a, a bad reputation. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and just briefly to touch on the Nazarites, this was a group within uh, Israel who were trying to stick to the covenant yeah. laws, and they actually made them do things that they, you know, that yeah. they didn't want to do. So they wouldn't even allow. A, a subsect, and again, yeah. in a sense, the Nazarites stay faithful. They wanted to prevent them from doing it as well. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, you know, it would just it's you know the the, the significance of the oracles around uh, of the those other nations, mm. and and you um, in chapter five, um, 
from verse 18, it says, you know, woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord is the great day of judgment yeah. you know, upon, upon the world. So, you know, that's interesting background because in a sense, they're longing when is the big question is, when is God going to judge? You Get know, rid judge of all, all these, enemies. Yeah, yeah. All, our, all these terribly evil people. Mm. Mm. And so the oracles at the start are saying, yep, I'm going to do that. But actually, you're, you're going to be swept up uh, with them as well. That's the shock bit of mm. these of these mm. oracles, uh, and so that sort of culminates to to you know shoot ahead to chapter five. He says, "Woe to you uh, who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That will they will be will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a light, only to meet a bear." You know, so he's saying. This isn't going to be good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in one sense, why? Like, why do you lo- along the lines of you know what we talked about with Jonah? Mm-hmm. Part of this is why? Why are you longing for, for people to be judged yeah. and the punishment? Yeah. You know, uh, of people. Mm-hmm. But but also part of the big idea here is that this isn't going to be good for you. Like you, you should you should actually be trembling at the idea of the day of the Lord because you're not ready for mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. that's that I think is the main. Um, is the main idea here, and that's and that's where he goes in verse twenty one, Amos five twenty one. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your yeah. assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away from, away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Mm. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. Mm. Uh, man, uh, um, now interesting, yeah. Matt. I did a bit of research on those two words too. So. So righteousness, where it was used here, the Hebrew word is tzedakah, which actually means mm. right relationships with everyone, regardless of their social equity. Yeah. So treating everybody yeah. equal. Yeah. And justice, the word used, the Hebrew word here is mispah, which actually means actions yeah. taken to correct injustice. Yeah. And so those two things were clearly yeah, not yeah. happening and they should have yeah, been Yeah, that's happening. right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So there's a big issue with complacency here in chapter yeah. six. He goes yeah. on to you know address their, their address their complacency, um, you know, and that you know that's kind of reference in in that Jonah sort of slumbering while the storm is raging, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he should be alarmed, you know, yeah. uh, you know, God's speaking to you here through yeah. the storm, and even though you know he's speaking through a storm, no less yet. Yet he's just not hearing. Well, God's, you know, I mean, God's shaking things up here, but they're just not. Yeah, uh, they're just not listening. Um, and, and you know, and he he addresses their pr- pride was a big issue here, where the people of God were untouchable. God's on our side. Uh, you know, he um, uh, he addresses that. So. Um, it's interesting at the end of chapter six where it talks about, you know, for the Lord commands, the large house will be smashed to pieces and the small house to rubble. Um, obviously, the, the the primary judgment of God came probably some 40 years later when the Assyrians did just yeah. that and took the people into into exile. But right at the beginning of Amos, and I did a little bit of research on this as well, it, it refers to this being two years before the earthquake. Yeah, And apparently, um, and there's some archaeological evidence that's come through mm. just even in the last couple of years, there was a massive, probably eight or mm. nine on the uh, yeah. on the Richter scale, earthquake that yeah. destroyed a lot yeah. of the buildings yeah. right in that particular yeah. region. And yeah. so, um, and clearly this was written after yeah. that, obviously, yeah. but they're referring to the fact that there was a massive earthquake. Yeah. And it's interesting, it feels like there was another warning perhaps God was giving, yeah. uh, but still, yeah. you know, it didn't change. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, th- there's, there's always this element in the text, this element of hope, if mm. only you would turn, yeah. you know, and, and that starts to come, I mean, it comes through 
uh, the whole way. But chapter seven, for example, you know, he, God shows him this the vision means. of, you know, of God preparing swarms of locusts, you know, as a classic um, yeah. sort of expression of judgment. Think yep. of Egypt, right? Um, and, and the locusts that destroyed the crops. And, and, and he sees this vision of them stripping the land clean. And he cries out, Sovereign Lord, forgive. How can Jacob survive? He is so small. And immediately as... As Amos cries out, it says, and so the Lord relented. Yes. This will not happen. Mm. Uh, and then, again, he shows him another vision. This time he's calling for judgment by fire, and it dried up the great deep, and it devoured the land. And mm. again, he cries out, Sovereign Lord, I beg you to stop. How can Jacob survive? He's so small. Mm. And again, the Lord the, the, the Lord yeah. relents. You know, this will mm. not happen either. So, um, uh, And so there's this, there's this promise there. All, look, you know, if only you would respond, be, be you know, be responsive to me. Just respond to God, just yeah. like just like the Ninevites did. Yep. If only you will respond, then the Lord will relent. Like mm. you know, it's mm. this sense that judgment is bearing down. Uh, you know, it's it's re- but with a redemptive purpose. Yeah, with a redemptive purpose, and this is, you know, again, this idea of people have this sort of caricature of God as He's depicted. Uh, and it is a caricature mm. by the biblical prophets. Mm. The God is this God just loves to judge everyone and destroy everyone. It actually is completely the opposite. Uh, there is an inevitability in the justice of God. There is an inevitability to, to this, uh, you know, to this judgment. But you know, it's the smallest moments, like the thief on the cross. To you, Lord, remember me when you come. And you, it's like today you will be with me. But it's like God is is so quick to forgive and show grace. We've just, just lift a little finger, just, just respond somehow, just, you know, and, and this is, you see this in, in, in this vision, like the moment Amos cries out, and again, this is prophetic, the moment he cries out, immediately God, God relents. And so, you know, as the book, you know, moves towards its end, you just get this pleading. Uh, if only you would turn around, you know, I, I, if only you would turn around, um, you know, I, I would I would save him. There, and there is a promise on the other uh, other end of this. There's there's always hope on the other end. If you know, but whether you're going to be part of it, he's saying them. You know, whether you're going to be part of that depends on how you respond right now. So it's a really profound, um, profound expression of God's amazing grace and mercy in the midst. Uh, of a terrible, terrible, terrible situation. And I think what we see in books like this is an expression of the justice of God, God's heart for the poor, God's desire for his children to treat each other well. But ultimately, the grace of God, if only you will turn, God will show mercy and grace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. We really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading as we go through the Bible with Thrive. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper and thrive. Thrive.